Hey everybody, welcome back to Free Indeed. I trust you're doing good. Thanks for joining me once again. And today's episode is going to be about knowing God as your Father and knowing your true identity in Christ. So this episode is uh, pretty pretty special to me. It was pulled from some notes that I had uh, for another devotional that I was asked to do. And it seemed to really bless the listeners. It blessed me as I was delivering it. And so I hope it blesses you today too as you listen. All right, so knowing God is your father and knowing your identity. Many times we get our identity from what we do or how others treat us and view us. This isn't accurate, and this is how the world operates, meaning the world gets its identity from what it does. You know, people uh, that don't have the hope of the Lord, they may be a businessman or, uh, you know, a mechanic or something. Their identity becomes ingrained in their day-to-day lives. So they get their identity. The world gets its identity from what it does, what happens to it. Uh, People that may have been a victim of of a crime, you know, a lot of times they can let that get ingrained in their brains and forever they have this victim mentality, you know. And so if the world, the Bible says, lays under the sway of the wicked one, then we ought not get our identity the way the world gets its identity. The devil is forever marked by what he did. He rebelled against God and tried to be like God without God. If you read the Bible, it gives the account of how he tried to ascend higher than God and basically steal the throne from the Lord. And uh, he is going to be forever punished for that. He can never escape the ultimate judgment, and he can never be identified again as part of God's family. He can't escape the ultimate judgment that awaits him, but we, through Jesus and his blood, have escaped the domain of death and darkness. Praise God. And we have escaped to our new reality in Christ. There's been a transformation in the spirit for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. You're a new creature. All the old things have passed away. We have escaped to this wonderful reality that God, through his amazing, inexplicable love, has prepared for those unworthy people of the world. But, you know, the Bible says he would justify the ungodly freely i think it's romans 421 forgive me if i misquoted um but it talks about how god freely justifies the sinner well how does he do that through the redemption of jesus christ because jesus took our punishment so don't here's the thing and i'm I'm straying away from the notes already here we go so you know we we always want to identify by what we do what we think how we feel how many of you know the devil's a punk And he will put emotions on you. He will put weird, heavy feelings on you and try to make you identify. Well, I guess today I'm not worthy of the Lord because I feel strange today or I didn't sleep good and I just feel kind of off today. I wonder how the Lord feels about me. We let our minds and, and, you know, ministers are subject to this too because we're in this fallen body. This physical earthly vehicle that we have to inhabit still is, is powerful in the way that it can receive Um, transmissions from things that are not of God and it can try to convince you that how it feels is what your reality is and that's just not the case we have to acknowledge and be aware of the other reality that we get our identity from and that's the spiritual realm from God 
from heaven, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, that's where you're supposed to draw your identity from. Not how you feel, not what you did, not what someone else says about you. It's just the opinion of Christ, of what he says about you in his word. Okay. All right, I'm going to try to get back on the notes. So there's been a transformation in the spirit for us. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Just, just do yourself a favor and read the whole book of Corinthians. You know, it, it's so good. I mean, the whole Bible is good, but you know. <laughs> All right. So again, there's been a transformation and the devil knows this. He hates it. He, he hates it. There was one physical embodiment of the spirit of God while Christ was on this earth. And every time someone gets born and filled with the spirit again, there's another physical container of this world that contains the power, the life and the spirit of God. It's the devil's mission to convince the vessel that we are contained in that we're just nothing more than a bag of bones. You know, we're nothing more than blood and flesh and we, you know, we can only help it. We're only human. That's one of the biggest deceptions in the church that, and, and here I'm giving you grace. You know, I, we, yes, there is a very big part of our life. It is human. We do have to take that into account. I'm not, I'm not negating that. I'm not naysaying. Or saying ignore everything physical, no, because the Bible says to be too heavenly minded is of no value. And on the other hand, to be of too uh, earthly minded is no value. So there is a balance. We all need to pray. Uh, I got this from John Ramirez. All, we should all pray and ask God to help us every day. Be, let, Lord, help me to be a balanced Christian today. Let me not be too heavenly minded. Let me not be too earthly minded. Let me not be too, you know, concerned with things that are gonna, you know, plug me up and 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 clog up the pipes spiritually so to speak but also um help me not to be so you know everything's spiritual that that uh you know i i drive people away you know <laughs> but anyway getting back on the notes again sorry all right so the devil knows that we've been transformed he knows um and understands the the wonderful awesome high call and high uh honor that we have as born again children of god in the spirit and uh, I want to share a story. Uh, so years ago, you know, some, you know how sometimes God, uh, well, how many of you know, like I just said, the devil can put emotions on him, but God can really open up your uh, emotions and your awareness of certain things in the spirit as well and cause you to be like aware of his love, for example, right? Well, years ago, I went through this short season where I was just very aware, praise God, of God's uh, acceptance of me. And I just had this awareness that it didn't matter what I did, he would be no less pleased with me if I cracked open the Bible again ever or not. And also, on top of being aware of his acceptance of me d despite anything, I had an awareness, uh, obviously, of his, of his pleasure, because, you know, he's pleased with us if he accepts us. But I was also aware of the honor that he gave me. I was so honored you know i've never really felt honored like that before i felt so it was it was humbling it was like god really you you feel this way about me like you you're honoring me like this like it's just me good old country boy jd like you know it was i, I was like god what <laughs> who am i you know i understand now what david like who am i to even think about me what in the world but it's it's awesome but it's it boggles the mind and that's how you know sometimes uh, you can know a genuine experience of God when it boggles your mind, but in a good way. And you're like, wow, God, really? Okay. You know, <clears throat> so just let that encourage you. And 
So again, the enemy hates this position of honor. He hates the fact that God accepts you, bar none. When you're a Christian, and I've talked about this before, and it's in line with the, the true gospel of grace, that you can blow it. And, you know, y'all know me. I'm not condoning anything bad here. But we all mess up. James said it. If James said it, I can say it in my own way. We all mess up in many ways. But there's no verse in the New Testament that says once you blow it after being saved, that's it. It's the gallows for you. No, because Jesus took the punishment. So much of the teaching we have today, they want to put the cross on the back burner and they want to preach this really emotional message trying to wring out of you better works and living. And, you know, there's only one Holy Spirit. And like I said before, you ain't it. I'm not it. There's one Holy Spirit and you ain't him. And whether you're a minister or you believe that way, it's not up to us to clean ourselves up. Yes, there is an aspect of you know, you submit your life and your body to the Lord. And when you wouldn't, when it's within your power to make a good decision, you do it, but that's all you can do. There's no magic button. You can find somewhere on yourself and press it. And, oh, I'm a good guy. Now I don't do anything wrong anymore. You know what I mean? And we all gradually continue to change and become more Christ-like the longer we walk with him. But that's not a prerequisite for salvation. You get saved, you know, that, that old, that old, uh, quote, you don't clean a fish before you catch it. <laughs> you know, a lot of us we're 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 teaching about you got to go find a fish and clean it, and then then it's a fish. You know, it's like it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so the enemy tries to deceive us into believing that we can't escape either. I just talked about that we, that we can't escape our sins, but we've escaped through Jesus, like I just mentioned. Because misery loves company, he is the most miserable being ever in existence and he will always be so don't lend your ear to a loser but to the lover of your soul jesus christ we don't have to settle for bad company when we belong to christ we can enjoy the privilege of knowing god as our father and that he has prepared a place for us in his kingdom for all eternity we belong in god's family i had a dream one time about that it was like an old church building and i just felt this kind of uh, underlying tone of excitement and there was a room in the church that was for me and uh, i can't remember who else was in the dream it was some people i knew and it's like they had furnished it for me and that was my room and i just felt excited and uh you know taken care of and stuff and, and that to me lines up with the verse where jesus says i go to prepare a place for you and if it wasn't so i would have told you you know it's, uh, it's awesome. So number one, so all of the stuff I just read, that's kind of like a prelude. Number one, about getting your identity in Christ, it's foundational to tapping into your true potential as a Christian. We can't operate according to who we really are or do the works of Jesus if we don't have the sense of security that only a loving relationship with the Father God can bring. A good father will defend his kids even when they're in the wrong and gently correct them in private. He is always on their side no matter what. He may not approve of what you've done, but by the blood of Jesus, he approves of you. The more you see and accept yourself as one who is approved of God, the easier you'll start to live in a pleasing way that he can approve of what you do as well. you got to understand the who before you can fix the do. A lot of times in the church, we're over here trying to scrape up all the do from everywhere and we're not we're not actually preaching messages that help people transform the who if you try to connect your identity only to your earthly actions i talked about that earlier that's like putting the cart before the horse which will cause great remorse 
Number two, religion only covers certain attributes of God. Thus, we try to relate to him in just a particular avenue and the sense of detachment that it brings. This could be due to certain religious upbringing or just not having a better understanding of how we can relate to him within the loving context of having him as our father and our forgiver. Additionally, we cannot try to construct our entire image of God based on an incomplete experience from just one portion or one story from the word, the Bible. The Bible says Jesus is the perfect expression of God to us. So if it doesn't look, sound, or taste like Jesus, then spit it out. Because the Bible says, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If it's not good, it's not God, plain and simple. God doesn't send sickness to teach you anything. The Bible says God's word is profitable for reproof, teaching, edification, uh, exhortation, etc., Point number three, some know God as a lawgiver, a covenant maker, maybe even defender, a creator, or just simply God in the classical context that there is a a God out there, you know. However, while all of these attributes are true and good, none of those speak to the deep need we all have to know who we are and how to relate to God in the deepest way. They also don't produce the peace and sense of belonging in a familial way to the Lord. Some of us may have come from broken families, so invite God and invite Jesus to heal your image of what family looks like, according to his description. You know, I would just invite you now, if you have to pause it and ask God, and right now just say, Lord, Will you please heal my image of what family looks like? Because my earthly experience thus far with family has just sucked, has not been good. It has been pretty crappy. Will you please heal me and help me to see you as my family? Jesus, will you help me, Holy Spirit, to have a revelation that the Trinity is my family, my my heavenly family, other brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what family should look like. And and, and just, you know, be, be ready for God to show you and uh, it's okay to cry. <laughs> so yeah invite god to heal your image and and while we're at it invite god to heal your image of what a true friend should look like uh, of what a, a parent should look like of what a brother or sister should look like you know invite god to change that's the thing we have to change our minds we have and that's what repentance is repentance is just a big biblical word for changing of the mind and the more we change our minds or allow God to change our minds, you know, hence allowing God to help us repent, we're going to see better things, feel better ways. And how many of you know, there's a lot to be said for just feeling good, feeling better, being happy. You know, the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and then in his mighty power, take heart, be encouraged. The, the, there's never one time where God appears to anybody in the Bible and says, hey, you better be depressed. Hey, you better be stern and serious. Hey, you better be... You better be extra sober right now because I, you know, I saw that smile. You better take this seriously. You know, Jesus never comes. It says truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. The law came through Moses, but <clears throat> truth and grace came through Jesus. You know, grace is is kind. Grace is good. Grace is nice. Grace is pleasant. Grace is awesome. And if if you think you have to always have the mentality of you just ate a whole lemon before the Lord and you can't 
you can't laugh or smile or just be yourself or enjoy things, you then you've got a you've got a wrong impression of of how you have to be before the Lord. Now I'm not saying not to be reverent. There's times where we revere the Lord, obviously, where we respect and honor, and we always do though. You always hold that in your heart, but it doesn't mean that you can't just be yourself around the Lord either. You know. So, anyway, getting back to the notes. Um, God cannot be understood in just a scholastic way, or a scientific way, or put under a microscope, or studied like a subject in school. He is a real person that we must learn to relate with like we do in our in-person relationships, because God is the realest person you'll ever meet. Ask him to reveal himself to you in a fresh and powerful way next time you're alone with him. And again, P.S., it's okay to cry. How many of you know, whenever you get in the presence of the Lord, sometimes tears are just an automatic response. The body can't handle the awesome presence of the Lord, so something's got to move, something's got to give, you know. All right, number four. One of the most important inheritances besides salvation that we received from Jesus was the spirit of sonship. Hallelujah. And by that spirit, we have the right and the privilege to call him Abba, Father. Not just lawgiver or covenant maker or creator, but Father. <clears throat> Here's some extra verses on sonship for you. Galatians 4, 6. Romans chapter 8, verses 14, 15, 19, 23. 2 Corinthians 6:18 Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 and 26 And I want to share with you too a worship song that is on my heart right now is from Jason Upton U P T O N up like up Jason Upton and the title is In Your Presence and it has easily become my favorite worship song recently um, I came across it the other day, or you know, last week, and man, it just was so pure and so powerful. And I would encourage you to just pull up YouTube real quick, or if you have some sort of music music app or something, Jason Upton in your presence, and it's the live recording. He also has another song called Father of the Fatherless, and that I would definitely encourage you too to listen to that. It is so good, and there's a verse in there too that also says Friend of the Friendless. And if you're like me out there and, you know, you may have a few good friends, but growing up, you know, in school or whatever, you just, uh, in your early stages of life, you just didn't have a whole lot of friends. And you you understand the pain of uh, being friendless at times. And thank God for good family. My mom, my earthly dad, sister, and, you know, uh, other family members, you know, family is so precious and important to me because they were there for me in ways that, you know, uh, some people may not have had to rely on their family in such a strong way. And just so you know that the Lord is your friend. I've had so many dreams where he's uh, really portrayed himself as a friend to me. He's portrayed himself as a father, as a champion, as a defender to me in dreams before. And if you're out there saying, man, J.D., like that's awesome, but I don't get those kind of dreams, man. Ask God. God is more pleased to give those kind of dreams to you than than you would think. It's not pulling his arm or twisting his wrist and stuff to ask him to just reveal himself to you, to express himself in a certain way that really touches your heart 
and helps you have a better understanding of your relationship with him and helps you enjoy a better quality of this life. You know, uh, like Andrew Womack says, you know, cause I'm not waiting for just the, the heavenlies and the sweet by and by to get to enjoy stuff. Uh, he says you can have steak on the plate while you wait. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to feel guilty anymore for having steak while I wait because I'm a child of God. And, uh, you know, it's not an arrogant thing. I'm not, not entitled to anything, but if God wants to bless me with something, well then, okay, who am I to disagree with him? And, and why argue with God? You know, we're so, we have such a servile, punitive mindset in the church at large where we readily accept a rebuke, a, a correction, a punishment, what not that God is punishing you, but you know what I mean? We are so ready to have that kind of mindset and so slow to believe that God actually wants to do something nice for you, bless you with a new car, bless you with a new house, show up to you in a dream and set you free from, from maybe some long-term thing that you've been dealing with, or heal a relationship, or, or just tell you, hey, I love you, I'm proud of you, you're beautiful, you're, you're awesome, or you're great, uh, you know what I mean? And, and we're so slow to let God just be good. I heard before that the, the the word God is just a short version of the word good. God is good. God is love. And love is good. You know, love shouldn't hurt. Love shouldn't be confusing. Love shouldn't cause problems. So if, if your version of love has any of those ingredients in it, and I hate to say it's not love. And get to know God in a real way. There's a devil out there. He's the one causing confusion and problems. He's the one sowing discord. He's the one causing strife and tension and causing you to maybe doubt yourself before the Lord. If God would portray himself through the story of the prodigal son as the father, you know, Jesus, God incarnate, right, is telling the story of the prodigal son. And I think it's Luke chapter 15. And the, the father is daily waiting on the son to come back. And when the son finally comes back, the father doesn't grill him. Why'd it take you this long to come back? Where'd you go? What do you think you're doing? Do you realize how much you've cost me? Do you realize all the pain? Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't go through all that. He's, he realizes the more important thing. He, he's more concerned and happy and preoccupied with the good news that his son has returned home. And, and take note of this. This story is about son, a son, not a stranger. For, for all those that maybe you come from a background like, and you know, uh, that I did where it was just kind of generally understood that if you're a Christian and you backslide or whatever, well, that's it, you know, and maybe, maybe you could repent, but you got to prove it with, you know, some sort of probationary period where you just live flawless, sinlessly perfect. None of us have ever lived in uh, sinless perfection and none of us ever will in this physical body. Okay, we have tre this treasure in earthen vessels. Nobody's going to get it 100% right this side of heaven. All right, and just so you know, that story about the prodigal son, he was already a son. It was a story about a son that just, you know, he, he got that grass is greener on the other side mentality. Something, you know, just drew him into that. He went he found out grass was not greener on the other side. Uh, he found out life was a lot rougher on the other side. And 
for anybody that maybe your walk with the Lord is boring to you or you're just kind of kind of tired of it all or something just I'm promising you the grass is not greener on the other side and and the implications and all that if you wanted to go wild and and just you know forget everything and just go do your own thing for a while it, it is not greener on the other side and the good thing is though is even if you found yourself there God is waiting for you to come back just like the dad on the story of the prodigal son, he's waiting for you to come back and he's going to rejoice when you decide to repent and come back home. And he's going to rejoice over you. He's going to party. He's going to bless you and restore you. Because remember the father in that story, he he didn't just hug his son. He ran to him, hugged him, kissed him, rejoiced, probably was crying out of joy. He, he called for the servants to put a, a clean robe on him. And I believe fresh sandals and a ring on his finger to be completely restored. You don't have to earn anything from God. You don't have to prove that you deserve to be restored to the Lord. When you have a mind to come back and a mind to repent, he has a mind to restore you. Amen. And because your mind, when you're in line with the word of God, you're going to be in line to receive blessings. So let God bless you. It's not spiritual to say, oh, no, God, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay with my, my clear soup, which, you know, just you got from the faucet. And, and my, my glass of water, again, just from the faucet. I'm, I'm okay with my slice of bread every day. Man, that's not spiritual. It, it isn't cool to act like you don't need God's blessings. That's not spiritual. That's stupid. <laughs> and so let God bless you. Let, you know, there's a, there's a quote from uh, Tim Hawkins' podcast and um, they would say all the time, shut up and take your blessing. <laughs> I think we really need to, to come back to that as a church. Just all this stuff, trying to sound spiritual, these worship songs. God, we don't want your blessings. We just want you. Da, da, da. Shut up. No, we need the blessings. <laughs> okay, if you don't want it, I'll take it. I don't know about you, but I need stuff while I'm here on this. I want I want the steak on my plate while, while I wait. And I don't want um, toast when I'm supposed to have roast, you know? If you, if you want to swap your roast for toast, I'll take the roast. Amen. You know, and, and you look at the Bible too. And we, you know, we, we want to see the grandiose miracles of the Old Testament. How about when God made roasted quail and manna fall from heaven uh, for the, the children of Israel in the desert? That was an awesome miracle. They didn't say, oh God, we're just, we're satisfied with breadcrumbs. I'm sure they really appreciated it. And, you know, we won't get into the particulars of the story, how later on they began to hate the food because they had the same thing every day. But can you imagine just the, the miracle of having fresh meat and bread every day for you? You know, I'm sure it was like probably the healthiest meal full of vitamins, what they needed. They were probably healthier than they've ever been eating that food. But anyway, I'll digress from that. Okay, guys, well, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for tuning in again. And just know, remember that you get your identity from Jesus, from what he's done for you, from the Bible. Again, you can check out the book of Corinthians, 1st and 2nd, uh, and anywhere in the New Testament, pretty much. And, and just draw from God of who you are and let him be a father to you. Let him be a friend to you. Let him be your defender, your champion. Let him be all those things to you so you can have a better, complete understanding of, of God. And trust me, me, me giving this message, I don't have a perfect, complete revelation of God. Nobody 
will have a perfect revelation of anything concerning the Lord on this side of heaven. We're going to be doing a lot of learning when we get to heaven. I had a dream about that too, actually, a long time ago. Anyway, so just know I'm learning still. We can learn and grow together uh, on the journey of this podcast where we tackle tough questions, get into the word, get encouraged, and have lots of fun. And so I hope it's been fun for you today. Be blessed. And I pray in Jesus' name that the Lord would give you a deeper revelation. Give us a deeper revelation of his love, his fatherhood, his friendship towards us, how he wants to be involved in our lives, and how we can allow it. Lord, that you would just open the hearts of all the listeners and pour out your love, your grace. Break off the bondages of darkness and stronghold that are keeping them from seeing themselves the way that you see them, from accepting or loving or forgiving themselves the way that you already have loved them and accepted them and forgiven them. Lord, we thank you because it's your goodness that causes us to repent. It's your goodness that causes us to change, not our works, not us trying hard. And so I pray that you would help us today to make that mental shift and, and change the way we view everything so we can actually take a step closer to you, so we can actually operate as the children of God, like your word says, the world is waiting for us to manifest as, as glorious sons of God. And Lord, I pray that through this, uh, you would cause us to take a step closer to manifesting as a son of God or a daughter of God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Love you all. Thanks for hanging out with me. God bless. Until next time. Remember, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. <laughs>